Welcome to the Building Doctor Show with Jens Johansson. Here we are. Welcome to the Building Doctor Show. I'm your host, Jens Johansson. Glad to see you here to learn more about your buildings. It's Halloween month, Halloween season, so let's embrace our building fears. In this episode, we're going to talk through common fears, myths, misconceptions surrounding the often mysterious and frightening repair process. And we will explain why certain repairs are worth worrying about and why some aren't worth freaking out about. So today is all about healthy middle ground. There's plenty of room between, you know, I can just blow this off and we're doomed. Uh, We've only had to uh, send one building to the morgue and tear it down and we'll see that video, but uh, all the rest of them we were able to fix. So this Halloween, the only thing that should be frightening are the decorations in your front yard, not the state of the building itself. And you'll also be able to ask questions for those of you who show up in person. There's a Q&A section at the end. All right. So, as always, we run a quick poll here to understand who's in the audience. And, oh, come on, where's that poll? The, uh, <clears throat> you know what, just enter uh, enter, enter if you're if you're a board member type one, if you're a manager type two, if you're just curious here for type three, you know, type three, put that in the chat section. And uh, Ben, the producer, will gather those things. So one is board, two is manager, and three is you're just curious about this stuff. So then, then we'll be able to kind of understand who this is being presented to. So, disclaimers as always, two of them. This show is free, so put away your credit card. We aren't selling you anything. And number two, this show is for educational content only, and we're hoping today will be a little humorous. And, uh, you know, disclaimers, we're not giving away legal, financial, or engineering advice, and I'm not a medical doctor. We're just people on the internet trying to help you run your building better. We've helped thousands of people with their building problems. We've seen what worked and what didn't. When it comes to restoring and running condos, and we want to share that with you in hopes that it benefits you. So we are just building nerds that put out this information and like to talk to you about it. We don't get paid for it. So the way you can pay us back is a five-star review or smashing that like button wherever you are. If you found this uh, giving you the, the shuns, education, stimulation, or motivation, to do something about your bill. So we're helping, we're hoping that we are providing you with great educational content. So again, that five-star review, wherever you're watching it, would be awesome. And so looking for the, there's lots of ones in here and that's good. Lots of, lots of board members. Excellent. The, uh, you know, another thing we're talking about, this monthly webinar that we're doing, what if we did a, uh, a kind of a board board forum or a group board chat, maybe once a month? Would you guys be interested in that? Type a yes or a no into the chat and we can, uh, we can take a look at that. So live Q&A for everybody that shows up today, we get live Q&A at the end. So bring, bring your questions. It can be about the show. It can be about something else. We've answered lots of good ones. We use these questions as, as further information uh, you know, throughout the month and letting people know what we're, what we're hearing and what we're thinking. 
And so if you, and if, if that Q and A doesn't work for you, you can even stay tuned for a link and schedule a, a 20 minute call with me free one-on-one -on -one, and we'll talk through that. So Ben, the producer is going to be monitoring the chat and in the end, put your questions in the Q and A, uh, and we will be able to sort those things there. Also for the people that spend time and show up today in person, we'll be doing that raffle giveaway. We've got some fun, got a fun raffle box, has some J2 like Yeti mugs in it and some stickers and some other fun stuff for hot beverages out trick-or-treating and we'll keep you, keep you warm in the fall evenings. So let's see other exciting news and just kind of stepping back. I watch replays of webinars all the time because I don't have time to watch it right in the moment. So I dedicate a little bit of time when I've got, hey, there's no shows on TV and it's, you know, whatever. I've just, I've got my iPad and I want to watch it in fast speed. And have it, has anybody ever run into the link is not, is, has expired. And I'm like, wait a minute, this has been eight days. Come on. Say so ping them back. He's resend me the link. Oh, I'm sorry, we're taking that link down. Well, we're excited because this show is now on Spotify and iTunes. So it's a great way. You don't have to be in front of your computer. You can listen to it uh, in your car or wherever you are on your way home and work out, whatever. So stay tuned for that. We can search Building Doctor Show on iTunes and Spotify, and you will find us. All righty. Let's get into today's agenda. There's kind of, kind of some high-level agenda stuff. The scaries caused by misconceptions and realities of, you know, occupied remediation. Do I have to move out? Is, is everybody, you know, are you going to have a whole bunch of people in my unit? You know, windows and decks and roofs, attics, plumbing, bad reporting can be scary. Bad management can be scary. Those are all, yeah, we're going to talk through that. Um, but, you know, I was, I was kind of interviewing some people and saying, What's the biggest thing that scares you about your building? And some of the common, you know, common things here collapse because they've been all over the news um, for the past two years. There's a parking garage that collapses or the Surfside Condos of Florida collapse or the, you know, just on and on. We can we can find these collapse news articles and people are starting. Why is why is this? You know, is my building going to collapse? Um, security. Frogging. Have you heard this term before? P-H-R-O-G-G-I-N-G. Frogging. It's where people are, we're going to talk about it. It's where they're, where they're in your crawl space or attic space and they can access your unit without you knowing about it. So think murders in the building or, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about a couple other uh, shows here. And then big scaries on everybody's mind of big crazy assessments. Because, hey, we've finally woken up and now we realize we're way behind and we need a lot of money to correct what's going on. So save some of those things for your Q&A if you've got some big, scary things around there. But we're going to talk about these lighter things. And like I said, we've got a lot of pictures and video. And so uh, this will be a fun show and tell. Show and tell show. But let's get into this. Okay, so <laughs> frogging. Okay, we've got a video on this one. Google it. I felt like I was acting like a crazy person, but then there's like a towel set out with knives on it. He wanted to perform surgeries on my wife and children. 
things that you would see in scary movies. I think that I'm on the verge of a complete mental breakdown. I saw something that I will never forget. This person had been watching us. Hold up. We are not alone. Wow, there's literally a man living in your closet. Man found hiding between a family's walls. So here's here's where this came up to us. Uh, uh, the first the first time we've heard of this was about six months ago. And what I've taken here is a, is a drawing of a of a multifamily building. We've got four units side by side. You've got the the unit divider walls, and up in your attic space, you're supposed to have what's called a draft stop or a fire stop that goes all the way up to the bottom of the uh, bottom of the sheeting. And it's supposed to meaning in code, it, what it does is it prevents a fire from going this way and then getting into the next unit. And so it stops the spread of fire. Sometimes it requires a not. A lot of times we'll see them. Sometimes we'll just see one big open attic space. And what the resident, let's see, the, the manager was saying, he said, well, we've got kind of a nefarious bad guy in one of these units. And he goes up through that little crawl space hatch, you know, the one that's in your bedroom or your closet or your laundry room or your upstairs hallway, goes up through that hatch, walks through the attic and comes down the neighbor's hatch. And then, you know, I don't know how they swung in or dropped a ladder or did something, but it was like, oh my gosh, it's everybody's nightmare come true. And so this person was stealing things or doing something and would jump back up in and close it off. And, and the person would come back and they'd find little, little shavings of insulation on their floor underneath that attic hatch and their jewelry was missing. And so we were like, wow, we can either build firewalls and keep them out of there, or we can get some locking latch style doors. And so we started thinking about the same thing happens on your crawl space. And so if your building's not a slab on grade, it has a crawl space under it. And so you'll have some kind of hatch in some closet somewhere and you'll drop down to that crawl space. And then can you go up the next unit over? So hopefully by not explaining all this, we don't create a rash of frogging, but um, check it out, Google it. You'll see a whole bunch of interesting stuff. And then there's a big series on Hulu right now, um, Hider in My House. The term frogging came from instead of couch surfing, I'm surfing from couch to couch to couch. I'm frogging from house to house to house, but the people don't know I'm there. And so <laughs> yeah, that's this is the thing that creeps me out the most. So how can we stay vigilant about that? Obviously, you know, being aware of it is the is the first thing. So we're calling that the most scariest thought of all. Uh, what if somebody was living in your house and you didn't know about it? I'm giving you all the heebie-jeebies. You'll be totally scared the rest of the shop. Okay. So let's go. Let's see. That hand I've already done that one. So occupied remediation. We've got some misconceptions. We're going to kind of approach some of these as misconceptions versus reality. So Occupied remediation, there's going to be constant noise and traffic. The building will be uninhabitable or dangerous. Uh, we got to tear the whole building down. No, those are, you know, those are misconceptions. We've got, you've got, you know, uh, water damaged walls under windows. Lots of, I think this is even in a shower. Uh, but here's an interesting building that we, that we, uh, this is the one we had to condemn. And you'll see it looks like two 
we call them the Farmer, Farmer Brown Red Barns. Well, they actually were. They were original barns to the land and HOA came in and, and put in state-of-the-art uh, library, a library inside this barn. And it was a wonderful story other than the sad ending uh, that they didn't check out the shell or the existing barn. And it happened to be uh, since, since the timbers from the barn were actually harvested from the farmland around, they weren't pressure treated or kiln dried, which would kill the post powder post beetle. And so the powder post beetle was in the timber, woke up about five years later and proceeded to eat little holes all the way through things. And uh, we, the exterior structure had to be torn down. And so the, here's the, everybody likes a good demolition. Here's what happens. We take tracos and we tear apart your building. Yeah. And we fly drone around it, just because it's fun. But yikes, this was really sad. And so here they're smashing through the conference rooms in the library and tearing out, you know, really neat children's areas just like you walk into this bar and then you walk through a door and then dee -dee, you know had the automatic little dinger on the door like a so the security to make sure you weren't stealing books a really cool place but tore this down and, and they're in the process of rebuilding so the one building we've had to send to the morgue now other other things um you know, noise and traffic being constant. Now we work with contractors to sort that out. Uh, your entire site is not a war zone. The contractor says, look, I want to start on building one and work my way around counterclockwise. Um, or they give us, you know, we're going to start here and go there and go there. We're not going to tear everything apart. Um, and then, you know, 98% of the repair projects we work on, uh, we really try hard to keep people from moving out, keep you in your units so that you can enjoy your units and not incur additional expense. There's some times where, you know, a big plumbing replacement job, maybe the bathroom's going to be shut down for a couple of days and maybe that's when you need to stay in a hotel. But uh, for the most part, we call it, we can, if we need to shore up your building, we can put it on crutches. So that's called temporary shoring, big posts and beams and even steel and, and whatever to keep your building from collapsing. Okay, there's the okay, the yeah, the the reality of this, we're not always tearing things down. Here's here's J2 in a you know, you know, in a vest and working with the contractor here who's measuring some things out. We're wearing booties, uh keeping things clean and and uh you know letting you live in your home. And so good good communication is a big part of that. But for this slideshow, you know, we had to include the black cat. You got to have the black cat on a Halloween uh, presentation. So there's the black kitty. And here's occupied remediation. We're talking about this. You'll find this video. We're on talking the about people that live in their home while all of this demolition and repair work is going on on the outside. And it it's chaotic. There's nothing nice about it. There's no simple way to put it you're living in an active construction zone. So having the right team that at least respects the fact that people live here is very important. And having a good contractor that can work with homeowners or 
deal with somebody that's got a dog or a cat, it's all important. You know, we take these things for granted when we're doing new construction because we don't have to deal with them. But occupied remediation, this is somebody's home and we have to respect that. Okay. Let's see. Here's here's some more stuff of, you know, how are you going to get, this is a, this is on our YouTube channel. I'm not going to play the whole video, but in this particular project, we're redoing the walkways in between these buildings. And so in order to get the columns in there, we had to have this gigantic crane. Um, and, but we were able to do everything within a single day. We didn't, you know, we didn't lose any, didn't lose any uh, people having to stay somewhere so this video isn't all all that exciting but it's cool the drones and the big cranes and the stuff we can do and so we can go to great lengths to make that for you so let's see misconceptions about windows and siding we hear this here this all the time unfortunately oh my windows are metal and glass they don't break down and uh you know windows don't need maintenance you just wash them well and we've, we've done other done other videos on you know the importance of keeping your weep window weeps clean especially in in window window vinyl windows have corners that are heat welded and so they actually weld the vinyl together in the metal frame windows whether they're brand new commercial or whether they're older aluminum they had sealant that would be between those two that miter joint of metal and so that sealant fails after 15, 20 years. And, and you know, windows do need some maintenance. They need cleaning out, they need greasing, they need oiling, they need graphiting, whatever, to keep them working, keep their hardware working, keep their weather stripping working well. And so making sure you take a look at your windows, and we'll talk a little bit more about those, but making sure you talk about, take a look at your windows and maintain those. Um, siding, yeah, here's, here's siding can leak. Uh, decks are a big leaker. That's this. That's this left photo, and then the right photo is uh, siding into a corner of a building, and directly above it is what's called a roof-to-wall intersection. But yeah, these are good. Um, you saw that from up here. That slant. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's what I noticed. Well, this is a pretty big beam uh, that's clearly deteriorated. Deck is directly above it. A whole deck stack. And so this beam, deteriorated beam, is holding up three floors of deck. And that's pretty severely damaged there. This here, I'm ripping off vinyl siding by hand. I don't need a hammer or a pry bar. The uh, sheathing is just gone. That's why the uh, <laughs> nails are holding up to anything. Pulling out OSB sheeting with my hands. Um, it's just had so much water intrusion. There's the stud. Pulling out the stud. That's pretty scary, huh? Okay, you can see the light coming from the interior. That's the interior of the unit. And there's even holes in the subfloor. There's your insulation. It's all guzzy. Uh, but this, this whole area needed to be redone and torn off and pretty scary. And so um, <clears throat> the video on the right with the vinyl side, we're pulling that off. That was where we went viral on TikTok. So check us out on TikTok, J2 Consultants, 25 million views. So obviously 
plenty of people thought it was exciting. And oh, come on. The interface here with our these look like replacement windows. Uh, this era of building probably had metal aluminum frame windows, so these are vinyl frame windows. Things I'm looking for are open weep holes, so water is designed to get into this system and drain out. And so these weep holes look great. So that's the maintenance part of your window. You want to you make sure the drains are working. You want to make sure the tracks are clean. Um, you'll see some of these videos on our YouTube channel. Now this this other video is we're using the man lift as a holder or as a way to hold up our window testing spray rack and that's the blue these blue lines that is the window testing spray rack we've, we've had the contractor put just enough uh, tieback there for the new window so that we can test the windows so this video just kind of circles around but it, ultimately shows well, let's see let's see if i can speed it up there <clears throat> doesn't look like i can speed it up for you but the gist of it is it's holding up the spray rack that we're testing the windows with and so this window spray rack testing is part of uh, Washington's condominium law that you have to do this. And some other states have that as well, but it's something that you want to look into your state regulations. Am I required to test these and give them a performance test? Um, we highly recommend it. We find that 25% of brand new windows fail this kind of testing right off the truck. And so these windows haven't been racked or hauled up a scaffolding or muscled around too much. It's we take them right out of the truck, put them in a buck and test them and they fail. And we send them right back to the manufacturer. So again, they're being mass produced and the lowest common denominator in the factory is running the caulk gun or taping the joint tape and, and just doesn't have a good day. And so it causes these windows to leak. And so I, I would expect if I'm buying a brand new product, it would perform as it's expected to. So we find that scary. Okay, let's go to the next one. These look like replacement. We know, we know they look like. Okay. All right. So siding needs to drain. And siding has drainage provisions in it. Vinyl siding has little weep holes. Uh, stucco has flashing and, and weep screeds below it. Brick has those gaps or those holes called uh, weep holes. And so, one element of vinyl siding. In this video, you're going to see where the weep holes are. It needs a, a weep hole because it doesn't, water can't move through it. Water condenses on the backside of it and actually fills up the channel. You can see these little holes in the bottom. These are the weep holes. They're designed to actually let water you can see drip water out. dripping out of them. And so I'll get on this screen. You can see these little holes here. Every six or eight inches, there's just a little drainage provision to allow water to come out from behind it. And so that's something to take a look at when you're inspecting your own building and just making sure that it's working as expected. All right, decks, misconceptions. The biggest thing we hear is, oh, decks are outside. 
you know, it's okay if they're a little wobbly. Well, in this particular project, one guy is just making the whole deck shake. He's not even he's not even working hard. So imagine having a Fourth of July party and and your whole group is out there cooking hot dogs. And so why is this deck shaking, going back and forth? So it's missing any kind of lateral load resistance. So whether that's diagonal bracing, whether it's steel, uh, you know, hardware between posts and brackets, whether it's some you know different blocking. From a carpentry standpoint, this deck is totally nailed together and you know, looks like a wooden deck and there's nails in every board. And so they paid the carpenter, but uh, they didn't talk to an engineer who would design this correctly to keep it from scooting back and forth. So we were able to tighten that up, but pretty extreme. <clears throat> okay, some common problems with decks, especially wooden ones. You'll see, you know, rotten post rails, rotten deck boards, excuse me, uh, just slimy, uh, you know, slimy conditions because they're not cleaned and maintained. And then over here, you get some weird, you know, some people stick some shims under some deck beams and posts. That's it. These are deck posts and some little odd shim of Trex decking under there. So, yeah. If I were walking around, that would scare me. What's going on there? So just take a look around your decks. If you see maintenance that needs to happen or if you see some decay, walk around. This is just a screwdriver. Just walk around and kind of poke things. Uh, it shouldn't be doing that. All right. <clears throat> okay. So the most terrifying part of this is look at that bald spot. Wow. Yes. Is there a better solution for coating these decks? than coating the decks because I'm concerned that with the cure time, people will lose access to their unit right. yeah. for a couple of days. Is anybody so we, using something better? Yeah, so we you can you can coat the decks and we actually have a elevated, think about a plywood walkway on pegs. And mm. so you can have two or three legs, if you will. So you can coat it, then you just have the leg marks and they can pass on one half or pass on the other half and you can kind of do a half coat and a half coat, ah. and so they can still get access to their unit. Do you have any pictures of that being done? Yeah. Or did yep. you send them to yep. me somehow? Yep. Would... So in this instance, we were walking around with one of one of the board uh, members, and she was asking, you know, I don't want to do this deck or walkway recoating project because people have to move out. They, they would have to step through this wet deck paint, if you will. And so I'm talking about two different options there. One, a little elevated platform, and the other is just taping off a midpoint line. So stay on the left half and we're gonna coat the right half and the next day we'll swap sides. Uh, other ways you can do it, if there's multiple stairways and walkways into your building, we often see that with building codes because they want you to have multiple ways of egress, it's called getting out of the building if it's on fire. So that's why you have two sets of stairs. If there's a fire in the left stair, you can go across the walkway to the right stair and get down. And so we'll use that to our coding advantage of just, well, we're gonna shut down this half, but you can reach your floor by going up and over. And so there's there's lots of ways we can we can help you with the decks and walkways. Make them not scary. Is there a 
Okay, so does anybody think this stuff sound good? Are, are we are we educating, motivating, and stimulating here? If if it does, here's a link to set up a quick call with me. These are free calls. We want to make sure that uh, you know we are the right fit and see if you even need us. Half of these calls, we say, yeah, you're good. Just call a roofer. Just call a deck person. You don't need a consultant. Uh, they can help you. And so you can find that link at learn.j2consultants.com/consultantsoncall. Or you can use your QR code and scan that, and that'll take you right to that. And speaking of scanning, we talked about iTunes. Uh, you can scan this QR code. It takes you right to Spotify. We're rolling out replay episodes every single Friday morning, so it's perfect for your commute or weekend errands. You'll find us on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, and whatever else these little icons are. And uh, yeah, check us out. And this is the these are the places where you can give us that review, smash that like button, help us reach more people. All right, roofs. Okay, misconceptions. They're hard to access. Therefore, constant maintenance is impossible. My roof's steep. I can't get up there. I don't know. That's too hard. Well, you know, no, it's not. That's what roofers and roof cleaners do. And then, you know, kind of a misconception, my whole roof is going to come collapsing in all at once. Well, this video is a slow collapse. So this is an old tile roof. You can see the tiles over there have been removed. Skip sheathing, not, not uh, regular panel sheathing. Spaces between boards here. Uh, what we've got here is a truss failure. The top cords of this truss are in compression, which means that the... Uh, Vertical member here is these were the original, these new horizontal kind of part right of the shoring we member detached about eight or so trusses in a row. Also popped apart the next the next connection down the line on the truss failed. Some uh, you can see daylight through some truss top cords there. There's a splintered one there. So very lucky that uh, that the tiles didn't come crashing in on this one. Yeah, so the client not noticed this. That we've got some dips in our roof. That's weird. And then in then in one of the uh, big rooms in this building, it was like, why is the ceiling cracking? That's kind of weird. Can you jump up in our attic and take a look around? Yes, we'll keep an eye out for froggers. But when we walked up, we were like, whoa, you've got trusses settling apart or, or ripping apart, literally. And uh, you know it was it was on its way to having a big problem. I think it was the weight of the tile plus the weight of a of a lot of extra snow. This is kind of this you know last couple of years we've seen more rain, more snow, and so we yeah we had to do some fixes there. So common problems on roofs, you know these are these are pretty quick ones, but lots of standing water or ponding water. Um, we want to get that roof to drain, needs to, that water needs to run to the drain. If it sits there, it'll work its way through every little joint, uh, find every little hole and, and, and even cause extra weight that'll damage the roof as well as wear out the membrane because it's not a pool liner. It's not meant to be underwater all the time. Most roofing manufacturers say we want, we want it to be dry within 24 hours after rainfall. We need the product to dry out. It's not submersible. So then in this other, in this other picture, we're able to just kind of peel back the shingle. So in other words, we've lost our uh, adhesion or any kind of you know glue that holds that shingle down. 
And we'll see the shingle starting to crack or cup or warp. Um, and so we've got another another picture of that. We've got shingles. Roof cracking edges. And you can you can look up on the roof shingles and start seeing some curling of some shingles. See those two. When we went up and did a direct observation down on the shingles, you can see the shingles themselves cracking. And so the shingles are really at the at the end of their life. Uh, flat roof issues. We we have lots of just a, a tired flat roof that that is leaking to the inside. The visual clues were there to show us show us these issues. Now the next step is deciding on either a targeted fix or a replacement. And that targeted fix is a function of remaining useful life, costs, budget, your desire to keep patching it and patching it and patching it and dealing with the damage that comes from repeated leaks. And so it's we'll sit down and talk to the clients about those two options. And then in today's technologies, we can use okay. drones now. We can get really good pictures, close-ups, elevated, faraways, and then it's just it's so much safer. That's a hot sack. You want close-ups to that, right? Just go over to that that one that one penetration. I just need to see what that's looking like. Okay. Take a picture of that. We can be staring at the give me the four operator screen, and we can be taking a picture. I'll handle that later. Come on, let's see some corners. So the technology there is 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 the technology now is there to be able to do this really with a really with a great outcome. Roof edges. Toy drone. So, addicts, okay, just, you know, misconceptions, you know, they're scary, I don't want to go up there, they're hard to access, um, one of the friends Frogger up there, <laughs> the other, the other issue is, hey, you know, misconceptions, addicts are just for storage, right, I can just put all my Christmas boxes and junk up there that I don't want, well, that's a weight issue, it blocks ventilation, it does all sorts of things, and so we really don't want to use them in storage areas. Um, but they're not that hard to access. You see that thing in your hallway, in your bedroom, you can poke your head up there with a flashlight and start looking around and you can look at the bottom of the sheathing. You can see, you know, in this photo, we can see some, eh, it looks like some water intrusion going on there. It should be this nice orange color and we've got some black and some stains coming down. You can see the water line staining down, rolling that way. So, uh, but addicts aren't that scary, but what we find in them is, you know, if there's drywall in there, I guess in uh, A106 it is, there's a lot of, uh, look at the perfect little circle patterns of this black mold. So they're nasty. Uh, you go over to some other these other areas, you see the blown ins insulation. Sometimes that can be itchy. It makes you cough. But the bottom of your sheeting here, again, water damaged. Uh, just black with mold growth. Uh, I can't see my bird blocking vents down there. Usually I can see the daylight coming through. And so what happens in this blow-in is the blow-in operator comes up there with a hose and just blows the stuff all over and it blows it over the attic vents and actually seals them shut and fills them up with insulation so you can't. So the attic itself doesn't breathe. And the roof system doesn't breathe. Uh, and then if you add a few disconnected flue vents, you know, that fell away from the, fell away from the uh, roof sheeting, 
uh, becomes a problem. So here's a video of us in the attic. We've got our mask and our light. And what are we doing here today? We're looking at roof penetrations. These are vents. They don't have the vent connected to them. The vent has become either disconnected or we're replacing the vents and, and putting a new putting a new vent in. Let's see. Oh, yep. Mm, I want to play well. Okay. This is what I wanted to talk about was you can get a good look at that vent. One, the vent is insulated on the outside of the pipe. And two, the inside of the pipe is full of, in this case, a bunch of dryer lint. And so you can see that black plastic or black, uh, it's basically sheathing around that metal vent pipe. That's to insulate it. So we've got warm, moist shower steam going into that from the bathroom. And it comes into a cold attic in the morning. And if that's not insulated, that'll condense and water will leak all over the place. So you want your uh, pipes to be insulated, and you want uh, you want to check your pipes occasionally. So that pipe had a lot of dryer lint in it. So that's something to look for. Too much lint, you can have fire problems, reduced ventilation, etc. Okay, garage misconceptions. Hey, the garage is concrete, so you know it's going to be fine. Uh, don't worry about it or unclosed or underground garages are unaffected by outside moisture. Think again. <laughs> it's, uh, I've got steel and concrete in my garage. I'm fine. Um, you know, the garage is going to collapse. Well, we, we have had some parking garages collapse, and it's no fun. But let's take a look at kind of a simple knock test here. I'm in a garage and knocking on a uh, concrete wall with a little, little tiny pry bar, and you can hear it. Solid, hollow. I'm trying to figure out how deep that crack goes. I'm using a tiny little trim pry bar, and you can hear solid but hollow. And so, over the area. Big chunks of concrete are coming off here. So this big crack is something to keep an eye on. Um, is it structural? Is it a big crack that goes through the footing and leak? Yeah, so there's all sorts of reasons to be checking that. And I'm checking it just with a simple tap test. Just you can hear it. It's either solid or it's hollow. So this other one, this is a steel beam or steel embed and a steel beam. And it looks pretty water damaged, and we're actually peeling the steel off with our. That's what's left of your steel. It's just actually smoked. I think I have a piece of them. That's great. Next, a little piece of the breaking off on.
the yellow is the temporary shoring we put in. And this is a uh, T concrete. So, but it's holding up the entire parking garage. And, you know, this is this little piece of steel in this corner was holding this concrete, uh, concrete beam uh, in place. And so, of course, we that's this is called putting your building on crutches, put some steel shoring under it, get it stabilized, then we can understand what's going on and, and suggest the fix. But if you can demolish a steel connection with a screwdriver, um, yeah, you got a problem. And that's scary. Okay. Okay. Now we get to solutions. There's, you know, here's us standing in front of a concrete, concrete truck. That's not all that scary. But uh, we're in a garage here looking into some kind of crawl space access. I don't know if these guys are looking for froggers or not, but there's all sorts, you know, you'll find these, what, what, where is this? Where does this go? What's inside here? These are things for you to kind of understand what's in your building. Maybe you'll find some stuff. Who knows? Okay, plumbing. <laughs> Misconceptions. Minor leaks can be ignored. They'll go in on their own. They're self-sealing. I love that one. Uh, the pipe these days is self-sealing. It's okay. Um, all plumbing issues require professional help, and homeowners can't do anything themselves. Yeah, I mean, yes and no. Um, you can clearly see this homeowner had a leaky bee trap and just put a garbage bag on it and tied it up. That's, you know, say A plus for effort, right? That's fantastic. The um, So, anyway. But what we'll see is broken pipe that's on our left side you can see it's just draining out it's it's got residual water in it but that pipe is shot and this is this this right picture is uh galvanized steel pipe that has corroded up you can see the beautiful crystals uh but that's drinking water and so when you turn on the tap and you get a brown brown glass of water that's what it's flowing through and so really important to double check, make sure what kind of plumbing you have. Copper is ideal, cast iron, not cast iron, but galvanized will end up like this. And what was supposed to be a two and a half inch or two inch pipe, I had just a hole down to about, you know, half an inch. So I've got low water pressure and my water's brown. I don't understand why. That's, that's scary if that's what your inside of your pipe looks like. Okay, um, leak detection tools, the uh, you know plumbing repair outline. Here's, here's another video. We did a specific webinar on this, but it's it's good because it has some uh, timeline of repairs. So we talked about stacks earlier. That would be the first floor, second floor, third floor. Concept when we're doing this work, it's done by the stack because those wet walls all line up. The plumbing's all ran vertically. Yeah. Um, when we do that, it's usually about a month per stack. We have two weeks for doing the plumbing work, for doing the openings and doing the plumbing, and then about two weeks for doing the restoration of the walls. During that time, they're not in your unit for that full two weeks. They do the plumbing in all three units in that two weeks, and they're doing the restoration in that two weeks. So you've got materials that have got to set, cure, all that. So they'll work in a unit, go to the next unit and do more mud or texture or letting paint dry things like that. But when this works all going on, like those summary reports we talked about earlier, those are issued. It's got everything documented. It's got
Right. So the, the piece I wanted to put in there and we we're talking about, do I have to move out and it's plumbing and it's going to shut my bathroom down? Well, when we're doing that in stacks in a very systematic way, uh, we can we've figured out a way to keep you in your unit, disconnect the water during the day, maybe, but reconnect it at night. If you're a two two bathroom unit, you know, we can keep one bathroom going. The other bathroom we can work on and swap them. And so there's lots of ways that we can help you stay in your unit. And as far as leak detection tools, this is a classic moisture meter. You can Amazon and get one yourself. You can have cheap ones or these are the more expensive commercial grade. Uh, and then infrared cameras, that's, we've all watched the police helicopter chase and you can see the bad guy behind the bushes because it's kind of this image, this red or pink image in the bushes, you know, light or whatever. And so what that does is it detects heat and water is usually cold. And so when we show it at a, at a leaky wall, we'll see like it looks like leaks in the wall. And then we can go dig a little further if we need to. But we've got all those tools. We can help you with that. This is a plumbing webinar or repiping webinar that we've done. So go ahead and search for that and you'll get all that about your plumbing jobs. <clears throat> then financial stuff, you know, the, the misconceptions. You know, meaningful repairs can't be done on a budget. Well, says who? I mean, we, we can do targeted repairs. Uh, you know, my reserve study says it's fine. We've, we've talked about reserve studies in the past. They're, they're, they're an estimate. They're an accounting exercise. They're helping you budget for future repairs. They aren't, uh, you know, the God's truth of what this exactly will cost in today's dollar. They're helping you set money aside for that. Um, other misconceptions, we don't need savings. I'm not going to live here for you know, a long time in this condo, so why should I pay into a savings account when I'm moving and I won't benefit from that? But that's uh, you know, kind of backwards thinking. And then you know, we hear big assessments or big surprises. Shh, don't tell anybody. We, we don't have to have a vote on that. We, we can just pass next year's budget with that in it, and they'll just get a bigger lump, you know, bigger sum they have to pay. So those are mm, those are scary kind of ways of doing your finances. The reality is, you know, let's get some accuracy through inspection. Let's talk about your challenges at community. Loans are possible and affordable. There is a specific loan niche for condo repairs. Not every bank does them. Uh, we can we can steer you to several choices of good, good HOA lenders, and we've got a whole bunch of value engineering resources on our website there. So. Okay, and bad management. Yeah, you know, misconception. They take care of everything. That's why we have a manager, right? No, I, I don't have to do anything. And of course, I want the lowest bid. Uh, you know, I don't want to pay any more than I have to. But good managers, you know, the reality, a hands-on manager, a knowledgeable manager keeps you out of trouble. And so it's that phrase of don't save the day. Keep the day from being saved. Keep the day from needing to be saved. And so, you know, don't, just keep me out of trouble. And so they keep you forward in future thinking. Uh, good managers will say, here's what I recommend you do. Obviously, I can't make you do it, but I'm going to fire you and let you go if you don't listen to me. Um, and they help resolve problems. So it's worth paying a good fee for knowledge, experience, and, and uh, you know, help paying for somebody that gives you what you need. And so that management scaries. Okay, we're getting we're getting close here. 
So let's see, we talked about this. You can stream it on all the platforms. You can follow us on iTunes. New episodes are released every Friday morning. And if you need an inspection, give me a call. And we can set that up for you.